I'm Robert Tanner. And I'm Al Vichua. And you are listening to a Misanthropy Safe Point. Quick and dirty one this week, uh, kind of odd audio quality. We are recording from a dictaphone because we are short on time, but we thought we would squeeze in at least 20 or 30 minutes to talk about the new release, Monster Hunter World. Oh, yes. This is an exciting new release as uh, it marks the uh, first entry of uh, Monster Hunter onto, well, it's finding its home on home consoles again after being on portables for quite a long time. Mm, yeah, and there were, there was a f- like one or two home console releases that didn't really take off here. Yeah. And there was that Wii game and there was a Wii U game as well. Mm, that um, was, yeah. Nobody really, nobody really paid any attention. Monster Hunter in the West really had its genesis with uh, Monster Hunter 4 on 3DS two, mm. three years ago now. I mean, uh, for the record, I, uh, in case uh, any of you are going to doubt my, my experience here, I have played the, the PS2 Monster Hunter, and um, although I haven't played uh, Monster Hunter Frontier on the PC, I am aware of it. Is that the on kind of weird MMO-esque one? Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I've heard mixed things about it. I think that's not like, is, is that, was that outsourced to a Chinese company? They licensed it to a Chinese company, yes. Yeah. And although it's like mechanically Monster Hunter... Uh, the nature of making it play like an MMO meant that apparently it's way too grindy, or at least that's a complaint I've heard, and uh, and doesn't have like quite exactly the same standard of production as mm. as we'd get from the Capcom releases. Doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I've I've never been tempted to try it. So I am, for all intents and purposes, uh, a Monster Hunter virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I played the PS2 game. Uh, I bought that. Maybe like 13 or 14 years ago when it was new. Scary. Yeah, that is scary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, it did nothing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was excited to run out and hunt monsters, and I was like, oh no, this is like a whole nother layer of complication and deliberate action that my 19-year-old brain just could not parse. Um, And (laughs) funnily enough, the first time I played Dark Souls, I was like, oh no, it's the Monster Hunter combat engine. Yeah. Um, Which it's not really, Mm -hmm. but they're... They do have some similarities, those, those first two games. They, they, they definitely do, and, and we'll probably find another space to talk about this, but it was in uh, the, f- the first Souls game I played, Demon Souls, where I noticed the kind of like, hey, if this seems like anything at all, it seems like Monster Hunter. Of course, it's very much its own thing, mm-hmm. but uh, it definitely had. I think the whole, the whole identifying aspect of Monster Hunter's gameplay, when I first played the PS2 version, was how deliberate that combat is yes yeah how it's like oh you realize like kind of like even visually um they translated it pretty well with the concept of hey you've got a huge sword so it's gonna take you uh quite a lot of time to heft this thing around Mm. Uh, and that that was like something i understood immediately and even though yeah the first ps2 monster hunter never really took with me i put a few hours into it Mm. it was which is nothing on the face of a monster hunter game um i was still from that point like okay this is an interesting concept. I get it, you know, not really grabbing me, but uh, it was enough to bring me back for some of the PSP uh, iterations, actually. Mm. I was scared off by that PlayStation 2 game, so um, at the same time, I always felt like I was kind of missing out, and mm-hmm. like hearing about all these massive hunts and how they can go and all this loot that you can get, um, there was something about it that enticed me, but... Um, I, I, this is the first one that I've picked up since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a tiny, tiny bit of Monster Hunter Four uh, at uh, at Gamer Disco. Uh, okay, they had a they had a launch party for it, um, and uh, playing that on a kiosk with a new 3DS, I was like, "Yeah, this game really needs that second stick," and mm-hmm. I can't afford a new 3DS. So 
maybe I just won't get this. I, I remember like talking about uh, Monsanto 4 uh, with you um, yeah. off mic and possibly even on the podcast because I was really into that that uh, iteration. That was the last Monster Hunter I sunk a lot of time into. We talked about how much better it was than Final Fantasy Explorers. About, <sighs> That's right, yeah. Uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a game in that sort of like multiplayer mode, and, and the hunting genre or like this sort of cooperative multiplayer uh, genre has really been a thing pretty much in uh, Japanese game publishing for quite a while now, hmm. with like loads of spin offs from from different publishers. Uh, you know, I've dabbled in God structure. Eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, was it God Eater? Is the one I tried? I think it is. Yeah, I, I tried God Eater as well. That's the and, anime Namco Bandai one. Yeah, the yeah. Co- Code Vein is a spin off. Okay, I didn't realize Code Vein was was tied tied to that, but um, it's so it's basically been been kind of a genre. Uh, there have been various various attempts to bring it to the West in a big way. Uh, do you remember the Monster Hunter pop up uh, that appeared in London uh, along with the launch of Monster Hunter Frontier for the PSP? I do. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was an interesting experiment that Capcom did. Uh, having like a location where you could just come and because uh, the ad hoc mode was the only multiplayer for for the game back then, yeah, <laughs> yeah which is like a weird thing uh, where you know in Europe and and in like general Western video game releases, uh, if you have multiplayer, having it online is just a you know is a convenience mm. that that loads of games have. Oh, but surely here in London we'll find so many people just on the train to do ad hoc Monster Hunter with. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, as a Monster Hunter player for, of, of some years on the 3DS, I never found It's not like Japan. No, it really isn't. Even though, you know, you did see people on their 3DSs sometimes, it wouldn't, wouldn't be quite like that. Yeah. I don't anymore at all. No, no. I, I, I've seen one... I've seen two Switches like uh-huh. on, on the underground... Like um, and I, I use my switch on the underground uh, sometime. Uh, listeners, don't rob me. Um, did I? Um, did I tell you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did I tell you about the fancy lad that I saw on the morning commute a couple of months ago who uh, whipped out a laptop and a um, handheld trackball mouse and was playing uh, Factorum? Uh, no, wow, yeah, okay. He was dedicated. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, th- this reminded me of, uh, like, like many years ago, like, like, this is, like, going on a couple of decades, I remember, I remember seeing, like, a, a much older, uh, an old gentleman with a very, sort of, like, you know, well, well manicured beard and a, and a very expensive, obscure-looking tweed suit, uh, uh, elaborate hat with a, with a pheasant feather in it, what? and a, burni- a burnished wooden briefcase. Is he on his way to the steampunk festival? Uh, this was before steampunk, it wasn't quite, it was also wasn't quite steampunk, it just had this sort of like bizarre mishmash retro aesthetic. Burnished uh, wooden briefcase with uh, brass corners, and he was playing on a 1992 Game Boy. <laughs> um, and, and I thought that was just like a lovely image at the time, I mean, yeah, it worked. Uh, you know, this, this everything was, retro. Yeah, in, in, this was this was in the nineties, so it, yeah. it wasn't that real, but it was still retro enough. Or you know, whereas like now, I'd probably see someone like that and be mildly annoyed. <laughs> At the time, it was uh, yeah, it, it felt like a like quite an image. But portable gaming, um, yes, is uh, the home of Monsanto for quite a while. As mm. you know, we mentioned these side projects, but even the Nintendo uh, iterations of Monster Hunter were always. Uh, Linked to the to the uh, portable versions mm. and and kind of like hobbled by them a bit because I felt like you know that limited the kind of assets they were going to have. It was always going to have to be functionally the same game as the portable version. Mm. Um, I um, so I put loads of tons of hours into four. I didn't play XX 
which is mm -hmm. or generations i think it's called yeah generations and xx yeah. is the japan only switch oh that's right generations yeah. mm -hmm. that fanboys are very very upset that it's not coming here or that monster hunter world isn't on the switch oh my god realistic yeah seriously i am glad that the monster hunter world is on a you know well I'm not going to say it because it's offensive. Well, now, although now I know it's offensive, I'm going to say it's gonna, it's on a big boy console. <laughs> um, because uh, uh, it lets it be, you know, it lets it breathe in a way that uh, it wouldn't on the Switch. And uh, I mean, We know what happened with Dead Rising on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my god, yeah. Chop till you drop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for a Switch version of Monster Hunter, although... Hopefully um, we will get one at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably, like, you know, still play a port of XX if it appeared. You know, they're, they're like, if old titles get released on the Switch, I tend to play them for the portability factor. But, uh, yeah, um, I so I skipped out on Generations because the thing about Monster Hunter games and where Monster Hunter World takes a step away is they're all kind of like a gradual evolution right from mm. the first one and well four generations in particular they were just a year apart yeah they and you're really gonna pour were. a bunch of hours into four and then play what is just kind of like an iterative entry a year later yeah uh, the, the thing with with four is i'd already put like something like 200 hours into it yeah and which is nothing compared to some people i understand and uh and when generations came out I, it didn't seem different enough for me to stop playing 4 because I hadn't exhausted the content in 4. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, just another thing. I was getting to, like, some of the more challenging and exciting stuff about 4 and thought, hey, I'll just... Uh, I'll, if I want to play more Monster Hunter, I'll carry on with this. And then the Switch came out and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I took a break from Monster Hunter and now uh, I'm back again. And... We're both back. Uh, we are. So I'm really interested... To see how you feel about stuff that 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 I, for instance, that I real that to me feels incredibly streamlined. So I'm hearing, yeah, um, because I was, um, <laughs> in fact, it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, I was uh, looking at uh, U.S. Gamer um, republished a friend of the show Bob Mackey's uh, How to Get into Monster Hunter Guide mm -hmm. uh, to uh, coincide with uh, Monster Hunter World, um, and. Uh, so I was reading about how you need to buy uh, paintballs and you need to make sure you're, you have a, a uh, hearty supply of whetstones on hand. And so I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a lot to keep track of. And uh, imagine my um, surprise and happiness to find that that guide is very, very outdated mm -hmm. and uh, you don't have to do either of those things because you have an infinite whetstone in your inventory at all times. That's amazing. And now yeah. you've got these scout flies mm. that uh, track uh, the that kind of just function as a as a waypoint, but it looks like a cool swarm of bugs. Uh, yep, uh, yeah. Kind of function as the uh, I guess as paintballs would have in a previous game. Mm -hmm. Yep, they do, and they're tied to. There's still a gameplay mechanic around them. Mm. You collect tracks and traces of of the monsters you're hunting. I love that. That's yeah. so that's so much fun. I mean, I know it's just like a small contextual button press, mm -hmm. but. Like, it kind of makes me feel the way, like, a lighter touch on what Geralt was doing in Witcher 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you find the uh, you find the doodles by the... Uh, I forget what they're called. That, that's yeah, I haven't found that monster yet, but I haven't yeah. seen the doodles around. Mm -hmm. and still got a big question mark on my uh, field guide. Yeah, when I first found doodles, I my initial... Uh, my initial uh, reading of that was like, wait, is this like a childish word for, for monster dumb? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah... Uh, so that's that's all fun. Yeah, it replaces the paintball mechanic, which was 
which was involved where you had to chuck a paintball at a monster, but mm. sometimes if you were in a hunt and you forgot to throw a paintball at a monster in the midst of a battle, you just like ended up losing the monster, and that was that was no fun. And zones were segmented back then as well, mm-hmm. weren't they? So it wasn't just one big map. Um, it was just kind of in- individual instances, huh? Uh, yeah, so yeah. it'd be very difficult to track something if you hadn't lobbed that paintball. So uh, that's one of the the key distinctions is that uh, Monster Hunter World, as they like uh, do do try and impress upon you with with the title world, is is not quite an open world game. But the areas that you explore, the different environments, are contiguous, like not with the zones that you're mentioning there. Mm-hmm. So you don't zone from one one section to another, uh, although. Crawling through vines and narrow, crawling through vines and uh, like narrow rock crevasses uh, does kind of like serve as a bit of a, a barrier in some instances. Hmm. Although, but there's usually another way around. Yeah, there well. usually is another way around. And usually, what you're doing when you use one of those is you're taking a shortcut that the monster can't, hmm. and like trying to head him off, which again is an exciting like a little bit of pursuit. So so that's great. But uh, yeah, I I remember feeling. Like kind of like shocked and elated when I saw that little infinity symbol next to the whetstone, because mm. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like yeah, <laughs> stuff that so stuff that must seem odd, uh, like like uh, topping up your potions, for instance. Mm. The fact that you um, walk up to a a herb which changes into a normal potion uh, through crafting, you can all... turn auto crafting on and off. Yeah. yeah. So you just you know you collect these herbs that just become potions in your inventory, and then similarly if you collect um, collect honey, uh, it turns potions into mega potions without you having to even like you know do anything more than find it in the environment, and. And yeah, this is all like kind of like kind of a revolution for long-time Monster Hunter players. Mm-hmm. I feel that my concern about this at first was—I mean, it's, you know, it's not an actual concern that I was worried, but it was like part of what's fun about Monster Hunter is you're engaging with the environment. You're, yeah. you know, you're harvesting from the environment, like you know, uh, like a survival game to some extent, but way simplified. Um, to to make the tools that you need. And you're still doing that. That's still that. It's just it's just easier, and I'm super grateful for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I imagine uh, Rob that just thinking about that it's probably seems tedious to you, especially it does. Yeah, and it's one of the main things that kept me away, mm-hmm. even yeah. after I got to grips with the deliberate combat of, yeah. through playing Souls games and their mm-hmm. and their ilk. Um, just the amount of micromanagement needed. Uh, to keep track of, and there is some of it here, but yeah, you know, as you said, it's incredibly streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's quite inviting if you're willing to put the time in. Yeah. Whereas um, I just kind of felt like uh, if I get one, I I would get one of these, and then I would just I would butt heads with it, and I would probably not have the wherewithal to follow through. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I'm very very excited about this game, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited that so many people I know have it as well. So we yeah. Can- Hunt some, hunt some monsters together. Indeed, I haven't done any multiplayer yet, unfortunately. Have you not? No, no, I know that's that's because it shocking. defaults to it. So uh, I've been playing with strangers. So I had and a, friends. I had an early copy as well. So, so most of my playing took place before the actual release date, and the servers were not. Weren't oh, right. I see. So okay. So uh, that that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, although I've done, lo- I mean, most of my my Monster Hunter time in general has always been solo. I think, like, even for people who leave multiplayer a lot, mm-hmm. the thing about about previous portable portable iterations was that you know you just 
play on your own a lot uh, yeah. if you're like commuting or something. And and I wonder, do you have you found that you do missions that don't involve hunting just together together um like you know inventory components or I do yeah I go on the expeditions every yeah. so often to mm-hmm. you know do the the resource center yeah uh, requests yeah which give those armor spheres mm-hmm. yeah so they, they that's another thing it's it was you you'd often have to do oh I'm just gonna go out and collect some some resources mm. which. Although it was grindy, and I can see that as being like you know like a negative if you're pitching the game to someone, it did give you a sense of engagement with the world. And now they have these resource center missions that make it a little bit more kind of motivated. Mm-hmm. I do feel that ultimately any Monster Hunter game is going to reach a point where you're just deciding to do stuff because you're planning your next big hunt, and everything is on you as the player to make a plan yeah which is like you know like this is never going to be a story driven game as as like as amusing as the stories might be um mm. but um i'm actually yeah. a little bummed that none of the characters have names except for for the mm. players oh yeah i was kind of hoping there would you know <laughs> how difficult would it be to not call that lady the handler yeah i, I, I maybe there's a tradition with that because i don't remember that ever oh really being, yeah okay well, that's interesting i don't remember there ever being names for the they were always like kind of uh, you know, so, like just descriptive, like kind of like you know, angry food stall lady or something yeah. like that. Like that, they 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 would never be like. Um, I like the meowscular meowscular chef. chef. Yeah, I think that's a strong contender for character of the of the year. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's uh, he he's like the best feline character I've seen. Yeah, in in, uh, in these games, I think so. Yeah, but even that, that's not really his name. It's yeah. just like kind of like you know uh, a description, and and so they're probably in keeping with what that is for Monster Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're, they're fun characters. They're, they're just archetypes, really. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like there's anything anything sort of, you know, to them. No, it's not like, about that. Like, yeah. It's, it's always you're, just... you're the faceless colonizing force. Mm-hmm. What do they call you? They call you a, a, a fiver or something like uh, that? Because you come the, from it. One of the fifth. One of the fifth. Come, you came on the fifth. But... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a way that they can address you, but... Um, yeah. Um, gosh, well, there's, so there's a lot... Like, So how's, how's multiplayer gone for you? Uh, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Um, I initially started playing offline because um, I am a you know performance anxiety kind of guy. Um, but uh, eventually, I just went into um, went into some multiplayer sessions. I did some matchmaking and played with some strangers, uh, and I played quite a bit with um, with our friends in town who do the uh, we don't talk about the weather uh, hmm. podcast. Um, had some funny experiences there. Like I was just doing a gathering quest and my friend Ollie, um, joined in and, um, (laughs) we were just like running around separate from each other. And like, I gathered like all the mushrooms and got mission complete. Mm -hmm. And then like a, a a, a notification popped up that he was like the best damage dealer in the collection quest. (laughs) 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 Um, and, um, one of the things that does annoy me actually about the multiplayer is the uh, story quests. You can't do those multiplayer until you've seen these arbitrary cutscenes okay. that happen. Mm. Um, so then people can join after that, but it just seems it seems like kind of a dumb decision. Mm. I guess they you know had difficulty uh, incorporating the cutscenes with with the game itself, and they just wanted you to see that solo. But it, it feels a little awkward. But um, I did the story quest. Um, it, it's one of the first ones in Wildspire Wastes mm-hmm. where you have to kill this big beast called the Baroth. Right. It's kind of like this rhinoceros type thing with a stone head and it flies uh, mud oh, everywhere. Yeah, I, I, haven't, him? I haven't done him in this game, but I know the Baroth, yeah. Mm. Uh, so I 
I, I got into a battle with Baroth, and it was a, it was a tooth and nail fight um, that saw me chase him all over the place, and I eventually took him down. Um, I shot an SOS flare and got some randos in there to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this morning, I thought I would return the favor, and I jumped into somebody else's game who was doing that same quest. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas theirs differentiated from mine in a huge way, mm-hmm. in that we were chasing Baroth across... Uh, across this these sandy wastes, um, at which point um, a crevasse opened up and this big winged, giant winged monster called the Diabolos okay. popped out Whoa, and right. started like attacking the Baroth and attacking both of us. Mm-hmm. And we both jumped down into this underground cavern to get away. <sighs> That's it was such... like, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Just like this <laughs> very, very impressive emergent gameplay that felt like a set piece, but mm-hmm. was not at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean... You got a little bit of that here and there in in uh, previous Monster Hunters. Well, in some cases, you you definitely would, but uh, it just seems much more dramatic when it happens here. And and the environment destruction that sometimes occurs is 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 yeah, it's really yeah something to behold. I haven't seen that particular fight, but I've seen Baroth's fight um, like other monsters, and yeah, getting especially because like you know when it throws itself around, it can just do you damage with its charges. It's yeah. like a dangerous thing to just be in proximity to. Which gives a, a real weight to it. Um, yeah, the gra- you know, I am like you know, I, I I still love seeing these monsters on like a current generation console with uh, HD graphics. Um, not that the Switch isn't a current gen- generation console with HD graphics, but you know, with these graphics that they have now, Switch is wonderful, but it's yeah. a, it's a different beast. Absolutely. Um, I was initially slightly disappointed with some of the graphical touches in this game before I saw the monsters. Like, you know, the environments mm-hmm. are are very pretty. The elements of the environments are cool. But uh, compared to other games we've seen lately, um, I don't think they're, like, the, you know, the smoothest presented or the most beautiful, um, you know, just on their own. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as part of, repre- you know, the fact they represent a kind of ecosystem, that's impressive. And, like, you know, you get into that. But I don't think I was graphically wowed by this game until I saw the monsters. Mm-hmm. And and that's where it really sort of comes to life. Like, you know, seeing them go through their behaviours. What's that first one that, like, swallows up the smaller monsters and, like, you know, bloats and then rolls oh, around? Oh, the Great Jagress? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he hit his belly till he barfs and then spin again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. When I first first saw him, I was like, "Oh, okay." The, the this game doesn't necessarily like absolutely impress in other ways, like like the character faces. I mean, you don't play this game for the character faces, no. Right? But they are kind. Well, I of... play for mine. Yeah, <laughs> my my yeah. kind of like Gomez Adams with lipstick and blush. Oh yes, oh and god, a big pompadour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sweetie. yeah. No, that's a that's a pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty impressive character you've made there if you remember those pictures um yeah i mean like like but you know the 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 story cutscenes. it's it's they're not like they're not being like hey check out the facial animation on these guys by any means it's still up to modern standards but uh i guess that's not what you know you should be here for um yeah and then seeing the bigger monsters just like really impresses uh how are you doing harvesting because there's another Another thing they added that you might not notice this that is makes the tree a big deal. in town square. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I meant sorry, I meant, I meant carving actually. Um, but getting specific body parts damage on monsters. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that that uh, used to annoy the hell out of me and is probably responsible for at least twenty percent, if not more, of the hours spent on Monster Hunter for me is the fact that 
you can have a massive drawn out fight with a monster um, spend all your time you know trying to carve off its tail or something so you get the tail drop and uh, you can you can do that and not get uh, a monster tail in, in other monster hunters so mm. you, I mean like that in, in this if you attack the appropriate body part you get the appropriate body part mm-hmm. that was not guaranteed by any means I mean like you could fight the monster like 10 times and if the you know luck was against you you wouldn't get that tail piece even though you were like wailing on its tail the whole time oh how Japanese RPG <laughs> yeah um, yeah it was pretty pretty infuriating yeah and that might have been where I, I like kind of like was trying to get rare armor and that might have been why where I stopped mm. when I was last playing I I haven't had a terrible time to be honest um, my combat style is um, desperate flailing okay a lot of the time um, I've been hearing that a number of my friends are having difficulty getting Anjanath uh, fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a problem for me as soon as I can beat an Anjanath. Okay. I cannot at the moment. Right. Um, I, it's, it's the one creature that I've died to. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple times. Uh, multiple yeah. attempts. Um, I've had pretty good luck severing tails mm-hmm. uh, from monsters who have them. Um, I like that the field guide includes like uh, the best weapons to use to, to break uh, body parts and what body parts you can harvest mm-hmm. uh, once you once you level up your intel Hell yeah. on individual monsters. Mm. Um, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of bad luck at the moment, mm. and um, it sounds like that's a the fact that I that I haven't is a vast improvement over uh, previous entries. Oh my god, yeah, it's seriously like I said, one of the things that made me stop playing. I think so. Mm. So I'm I'm so pleased that like I haven't like gotten to the stage where I'm trying to harvest these like specifically very rare. Or like difficult drops, but just you know what I've heard is so encouraging. Mm. Uh, you mentioned the field guide, and uh, that's that's another bit of fun where you know it's it's not something that's going to like occupy all of your game time, but it's nice to have that sense of progression for mm-hmm. you know that you're gathering intel on these monsters and like you know you're filling in a sort of a codex about them. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Mm. Um, what do you find of of the sort of like I mean this, this it doesn't really feel like. Again, I never play these games for the story, and I always feel like story is something I want to get out of the way. So, how do you feel about the like narrative bits? Um, well, I think the light, I think the story and its light touch is probably worth discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Austin over at Waypoint has written a little bit about um, that it's troubling that it's such a light take on what is essentially like a colonial colonial story mm-hmm. um in that like you're not subjugating people in fact you know it's sanitized to the point that people that indigenous people are not present at all oh yeah, uh, yeah. but you are uh, you are going on safari mm-hmm. um and it's not to survive um you are you're carving up these most of the time peaceful monsters yep. to um further industry of mm-hmm. your of your uh, colonizing force um and I think it's worth thinking about, even mm. though it's such a light take that ultimately it's just dressing on the fact that you're hunting big dragons. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes you think how um, something like Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. is like, you know, an examination of, yes. of, of this sort of behavior. Uh, but this game is just kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a romp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you're right. It has just enough. It has just enough character and you know it characterizes the situation just enough to be a little bit kind of like hmm uh you know it's why yeah. like although i don't particularly like the games so they don't really gel with me um 
the God Eater series, that narrative is slightly more my speed because mm-hmm. it's like a blasted post-apocalypse where humans are being hunted. Mm-hmm. Humans are being hunted by monsters. Yeah, and you're yeah. you're striking back rather than making an offensive on uh, a, a territory that you've made pilgrimage to mm. to uh, to hunt down peaceful creatures. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I think every other Monster Hunter clone usually has more of a sort of like, oh, like your Tokiden, the, the, mm-hmm. the Koei one, you're hunting demons. Yeah. Or like, you know, Peace Walker uh, is like, you know, you're doing military operations. They're always... Uh, <laughs> Metal Gear's troubling in its own different way. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the problematic aspects of Metal Gear. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's. I think if you look at the Monster Hunter games, they're built around... They they romanticize certain aspects of culture hmm. that are are like kind of hard to hard to like sort of like gloss over really. Um, again, I you know I love these games, but um, like the, the obsession with food, you get the fixation with food in lots of Japanese video games and mm-hmm. Japanese media in general. Boy, the food in this game looks nice. Yeah, it really really does. Uh, but I guess once you start, to, it's it's you're in this weird position where. Once you, you know, and God's like, someone's going to, I apologize for people who know me in my daily life. I apologize regularly for being accused of sounding like a hippie. Um, and, and, um. Are you going to get into how it's all about like gains and protein and red meat? Because uh, <laughs> um, uh, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. noticeable. Yeah. There's a very kind of like masculine style of eating. Yeah, there absolutely is. And, um, and. Or if I just interrupted and sidetracked. Oh no 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 that that that's totally no, no that's a that's a valuable tangent. It you know it is it's about that. It's also about like, you know, this food and uh, well, I feel it's, you know, where does the food come from? Well, it's just taken from the environment and there's no sense there's very little sense of the consequence or balance of that. There's a there's a sort you of like, hunt those buffalo to be extinction. Yeah, it's like it's going to be like Virginia all over again. Yeah, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no I know what the buffalo means this time though. Um yeah, there's no there's no sense of real consequence, so it's frustrating that they pay lip service to an appreciation and an understanding of the environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like you know calling this game to task for this because I don't think it's it's heavy. I just I don't think it's it's really engaging with the material enough. But I just think it's worthy of consideration that they talk about the environment. The game mechanically is about engaging with an environment, but there's no real awareness of the environment beyond. Mm. It's a bunch of things you collect. It leads to, mm-hmm. you know, you getting better gear or having equipment that you need. And that's a shame, really. I think things are replenished endlessly, so you don't have to think about it too much. But, yeah. like, I would I would have appreciated maybe, like, a tiny bit more introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like, you know, the fact that they lavishly rendered that food, that's what, what you know, what makes me think about it even more. Mm-hmm. Seeing it in HD going, like, kind of like, well, where does this come from? Uh, what are the consequences of this? I don't have a problem with... It being a game about, like, you know, essentially, it's, like, you know, if I wanted to, to, to talk about, like, people's lifestyles and say, like, oh, this is a very carnivorous game <laughs> in its, you know, by its very nature, that's fine. I mean, that's what the game is about. Mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing that. But there's no, yeah, again, it's like, I can, because I can kind of imagine a narrative that has a sort of environmental awareness built into it, you know, or even, like, like codified into the gameplay, hmm. uh, which would just make it seem more, evo- uh, you know, involved. And and the lack of that, you know, start, you know, now that everything's more realized, yeah. it feels like an omission at this point. It absolutely does. Yeah, uh, I'm the kind of um, I'm the kind of uh, bleeding heart uh, liberal hmm. uh, that um, 
I tend to feel guilty about hunting hunting monsters. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of having to put that aside and reconcile that with um, actually playing this game because that's yeah. what this game is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, I, I tend to not go for uh, peaceful creatures in Final Fantasy XII or Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel guilty when I have to do a quest that is about taking them out. Yeah. Um, but um, there's one moment that gave me pause in um, Monster Hunter World. I was hunting the the Kulu Yaku, mm-hmm. this this bird uh, wyvern, and um, it was like running away from me and limping, which is bad enough already. Mm-hmm. And then like I chased it back to its nest, and it was holding an egg. Mm-hmm. And then like I hit it, and the egg flew out of its hands and shattered. And then like it just like started crying. And I was yeah. like, oh my god. And I was just like <laughs> mourning this creature and its unborn child. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, the first time I fought the Kuliyaku... It's horrible. The first time I fought the Kuliyaku, it's it, you can tell it's meant to be annoying. The things, aspects of it, you know, they're meant to be sort of like, I don't know, it, it's, it's got that kind of like, you know, squawky, irritating... Like kind of like it's, it's the nerd of the Monster Hunter world. Yeah, it's asking to be shoved into a locker. <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, once you you kind of like wear it down, you're like, oh no, I like yeah, I I, I felt a real sense of regret yeah, the yeah. first time the first time I, I I seriously wounded one of those. It's just a bird. Yeah, and um, you know yeah. that's less of a problem with the more kind of like you know fantastical like you know really unbelievable or like you know overtly aggressive monsters. But yeah, still, they've. Even, but yeah. even then, when yeah. they start to limp and flee from you and mm-hmm. go back to their nest, yeah. there's, there's a, a twinge of sorrow in my heart. And, and it wouldn't be as affecting if the game didn't go out of its way to make you feel like these are living creatures That's with right. behaviors and, yeah. and worlds that they live in that have an impact on them. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... I mean, one, one thing that's very interesting about what this game presents is it's, it's sort of like a cultural window into... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I know very little about Japanese culture, so I'm going to make a lot of presumptions here that that uh, it's a cultural window into at least well, the minds of the people who made it. And like, I don't mean Japanese culture as a whole, but, you know, the people at Capcom, the, the original designers. I mean, it's a little bit of a peek into someone's worldview of, oh, the world is full of vibrant living animals. But also, you know, it's okay to kill them and eat them. Mm. Um, you know, which again, I'm not going to like delve into that as a discussion because, like, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm not. Uh, Neither of us are vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we try to be conscious, though. Yeah, I know some people will think that's an oxymoron, mm. but well, yeah, I, I just think that it's interesting. With the, and again, I'm not being critical of this specifically. It's just it's it's an interesting perspective into. You know, a way of viewing culture. In fact, to be on, to be completely honest, I at least appreciate that the game is is putting forward. Hey, these monsters are alive. You're also killing them and eating them, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I think, and if you, you know, if you can't, the idea that hey, if you can't stomach the like protracted, you know, killing of these creatures and then enjoy the eating, then maybe you shouldn't have signed up for this. Mm. Which is like, you know, I, I suppose for me. The best thing the game has to say, if it has a message at all, which I don't really see it as having one. I think it might be disrespectful not to eat them after all that. Oh sure, yeah, but it's like kind of you know like you you're engaged with the whole process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so there's a there is an element of acknowledgement and respect for the environment in that you know you have to get your hands dirty and you realize that like you know God to be like super sentimental here you know you're taking a life and you're involved in the taking of this life and you realize what that entails. So you might as well, like, goddamn appreciate it, hmm. I guess. And um, mm-hmm. and so if the game teaches us anything, it's that. Um, yeah. 
it's yeah it's just interesting to you know think of the discussions that, that can be had around it really mm-hmm. um no i think it's a you know ultimately it's frivolous because we're talking about a fictional game about mm-hmm. hunting dragons but i think it's a conversation worth having yeah um, absolutely and um still able to enjoy the game mm, yeah totally <laughs> well it's, I'm lo- it's fantastic yeah i'm looking forward to getting to getting more time into it what are you still on the long sword uh i've been switching up i've been trying to learn uh trying to become a little bit more au fait with different uh weapons i was using the long sword at first mm-hmm. uh at the moment i'm really into the switch axe i'm having some really good luck with that i love the switch axe it's yeah. amazing mm. it allows for a lot of mobility as well as heavy hitting yep so how about you what are you using uh i I well yeah I, I'm I'm with the switch X as well that that was the last weapon I was using when I played the previous Monster Hunter and I just like it because again it's that flexibility um, also I just love the transforming weapons because yeah I, I I like I mean Monster Hunter for me has always been oversized weapons so you want to see the thing you're upgrading as a massive thing you're carrying around oh yeah and then when they transform they do cool stuff like like um, the switch axe in sword form does that like you know does those energy discharges in a in a like awesome way so yeah so yeah that's that stuff is cool um so yeah switch x all the way i've i toy- like the insect blade but yeah. I, don't, I don't totally get it yet but mm-hmm. i like jumping around and pole vaulting yeah the pole vaulting and jumping around is cool i i mean i think it'd be fun to learn all the insect stuff because mm-hmm. that like puts a whole new dimension on the game but i haven't tried to so i'm not really really uh, messing. I, I I kind of want to get into one ranged weapon, but I don't know which. That is. I'm thinking thing. about the bow. I tried yeah. out the crossbow and I didn't like it. Yeah, the crossbow's like the mid range one, right? Yeah. yeah. Or is the bow the mid range one? Oh. Yeah, that's a weird thing um, to work out as well how those work. But yeah, they're they're. I mean, I guess with like you know multiplayer being more accessible, being a ranged person is is kind of like you know more fulfilling. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean for me it's like switch axe kind of like most of the time, mm-hmm. which is which is definitely like satisfying. So, so yeah, you know, yeah, maybe learn that in the insect glaive because vaulting around is fun. It's it like, is really fun. It's a totally, it's a totally new mechanic flying through the air constantly. <laughs> yeah. A- and you get to pull off those mounts. Um, yeah. I haven't done, done many of those. So yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're great when you get them done. Uh, you know, if only some, some, uh, like, uh, some noob doesn't like hit the monster while you're mounted. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yeah. Oops, um, I did that this morning. <laughs> oh, oh well, well it, it's always you longsword users because it like gets everywhere. It's like I, I think it's kind of like the longsword is like the, you know part of the, the the joy of the design of this game is it's you know everything has its own limitations uh, built into it. So something like the longsword, which is sort of great for for um, I don't want to like like you know downplay it. It's 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 kind of good for beginners. The longsword. Definitely. It's easier to no, get. That's in. why I picked it. Yeah, it's easier to get into than, than something like uh, you know like the switch axe. But um, it also, even though it's great for beginners to use it more effectively um, and not just hit or knock over your compatriots, like actually becomes like quite something you've got to learn. Mm-hmm. So so the fact that it's got those depths and it'll kind of using the long sword kind of calls you out as a beginner if you're clumsy with it because then yeah you knock people over or you you know, you hit when you don't intend to so. Yeah, so it's, it's just, you know it's just great that there's that that thought of mm. design in, in pretty much every one of these weapons. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, um. well, we've gone for a little bit longer than I expected. Mm. Um, I think we've had a, have had a good discussion into uh, into our opening impressions with Monster Hunter World. I think we've been playing it for about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Actually, no, it's only been out for a week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah, for the week. But, uh, Maybe you've been playing it for two weeks. Uh, well, no, just about a week, really. Mm-hmm. But um, but we will come back to this game, I'm sure. Cause, we uh, will. Yeah. It, it, it's what, I like having a multiplayer game to like sort of like sort invest into in the long term to kind of have in the background. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be it for a while. So, yeah, yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. Still thinking about Metal Gear Survive at the end of this month because I really like that beta. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I, I do want to hear more about that at some point. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, as you know, folks, we are on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment. Uh, we've both got a few uh, projects outside of Misandra Play that we're working on, but we're hoping to be back on track uh, with a regular schedule by March. Mm-hmm. So, um, for sure. In the meantime, uh, thanks for dropping by. Check out our archive if there's any episodes you haven't heard, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Misandra Play. We look forward to you hearing us again. 